This is Donnell Davis. Welcome to the Soften Podcast for Divine Feminine Leaders. To soften is to receive fully all of who you are, to own your dark side so it doesn't own you. Your dark is your divinity awakening to radically know yourself. Together, we will restore majesty on this earth. Your queendom awaits. Welcome. I'm so excited to get back on the podcast. And today I have one of my soul besties on and I get so excited when I get to chat with one of my besties. So I'm going to give you a little introduction and background. So her name is Rochelle. So Rochelle grew up in Southern California near the sunny beaches of San Diego and has always been an avid explorer, traveler, musician, and creative soul. At the height of her career in forensics in 2017, she quit her job cold turkey to pursue her why, which is to empower others to consciously advocate through story and music so that they can heal, inspire, and unite the human collective. Oh, I love it. She is a number one international best-selling co-author, TEDx speaker, and proud mama of her two children, Austin and Cameron. And she's an incredible friend. Welcome, <laughs> Rochelle. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so, uh, okay. So let's cut to like the, the real skinny hair. Like Rochelle and I have known each other for years. She has been, she started off as a client of mine way back when she's seen me through many iterations. I've seen her through many, and I would love for you just to kind of tell me or tell the audience, you know, where you were at when we first met to where kind of like where you are now, because there's been such an evolution. Like I've watched you, you know, there's a lot of people that um, I admire in my life. And Rochelle is one of them because Rochelle is resilient and she's been through so much and she's not afraid to change and to grow and to face the darkest shadowy elements of herself so that she can really serve. And so I think when you hear her story and some of the, you know, parts to it, you'll understand what it takes to really get connected to your soul why and to really grow because she is such a perfect example of that. So Rochelle, share with us a little bit about where you've been since we first met. Thank you. Um, that was so sweet. I love you so much. I love uh, you too. Uh, so I first met Dawn, I think it's been like, 12 years now or something. Um, and actually my therapist referred me to her. I have a, an amazing therapist and she's really good. And she's like, I think you need some energy work. And I was like, what's this energy woo woo stuff. And, <laughs> and so she referred me to Dawn. So I made an appointment and I remember when I first met with you, I'm like, how, how does this all work? And I was, you know, like not skeptical, but I'd never really tapped into that whole yeah of you know and um we had a session and I was like wow that was really interesting and then we had another one and then it was like oh my gosh this is like amazing and during the time I had recently gotten diagnosed with a brain tumor and then my marriage was just crumbling after that and um so Dawn really helped me you know my I would say my personal development work really started with you Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was going through therapy and really clearing out a lot of my traumas, childhood traumas, but the spiritual component of it and that work 
is so different. And, yeah. uh, and, and that, you know, really got to like the really root causes and the layers of the bullshit and the shit that we carry. And, and, um, and meditating was probably the one thing that, you know, I, I think I'd started right before I met you, but really learning more from you on how to tap into your intuition changed mm -hmm. everything for me. Yeah. And you're so good at listening to your intuition. Now I've watched you Rochelle's really great with, she's a very organized person <laughs> as, as I see her. And she's so great at like creating routines and space so that you can listen to your higher self and receive the information you need for your next steps, because you've radically changed your life since I first met you. When I, you know, like you said, you're, I remember you were dealing with your brain tumor, going through divorce, all that kind of stuff. And you also had a completely different profession back then. I mean, you're like a, a speak traveling and speaking around the United States in forensics. So weren't you in that career for like 17 years or something? Yeah, I was in it for 20. For 20. And yeah. Um, I was with one agency for a couple of years and then almost 18 years with another agency. And um, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was, uh, I was at the height of my career, you know, when I, before I quit, I, um, was on a prestigious forensic board. I was doing a lot of research and traveling all over the country, teaching it and presenting at forensic conferences. And um, I was running a study group in the county and, you know, just really active in that community. Um, but then, you know, but then my intuition got loud and louder and louder and just told me it was time to change. And I quit my job cold turkey to, to discover what that was. So when you say, cause I want, you know, for people that are listening to this, you know, and they're not maybe aware of how their intuition works through them. When you say it got really loud, was that a feeling in your body? Was it like a feeling like things just aren't working out anymore? Like what was happening that was alerting you and helping you have clarity that this was your intuition speaking to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause um, it can, it can come to you in different ways. And totally. uh, I think for my body, it was that gut feeling I had that was just like, this is what you need to start shifting. And the environment at work was becoming very toxic and I was becoming very um, aware of what was in my circle and around me and, and what wasn't serving me anymore. So I think it was two parts. It was like, when you really massage and nourish that muscle inside of you, it's going to tell you your environment doesn't serve you anymore. And then, um, you know, taking action for something that you can't see, but need to trust. Oh yeah. It's having faith in the future that yeah. the future speaks to you through feeling. So it's that feeling in your body that like, okay, something else is available to me. Yeah. And you took inventory of where you were at. And I bet there was you know, a clarity of God, if I stay in this, it's going to like suck the life out of me, you know? And I think a lot of people, we get so used to having, uh, you know, we're making a certain paycheck or in a certain relationship and it's like, it's comfortable enough. There's enough to stay, but there's this deeper kind of like gnawing feeling in your body of like, this isn't, this isn't my highest. Yeah. And yeah. it's really incredible, Rochelle, that, you know, that you were very, you know, in, in an industry, you were doing really well in that industry. 
and you decided to take this big leap of faith. And for whatever reason, to me, it felt like at that time, because, and this is the other thing that, you know, I want to share because it wasn't just that Rochelle like left her career. She's also dealing with like start at that time, like starting her life over as a single mother and like all the divorce stuff and all these things. So it wasn't just like a one thing that was happening. It was like a multitude so what gave you the strength and courage to t- like take that leap of faith? Like beyond, of course you were uncomfortable, right? In your situation, but what was like that big, you know, like thing that gave you like the jolt to say, I- I've got to do this. Um, I remember I was flying back from uh, one of the board meetings, forensic board meetings I was on and I was flying from the East coast to the West coast and I was on the plane. And I just remember my mind telling me I'm done, I'm, I'm done. And I went to work and that Monday I gave him my two weeks notice and everybody was shocked. They were like, yeah. what? <laughs> and um, I think I've always been one to kind of go against the grain. Mm-hmm. That's part of my nature. Like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a middle child, I'm an Aries. And I've always taken kind of big, not risks, but I would say that I will not do things the traditional way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I knew I trusted myself enough, I think, to know that I would be taken care of. Like I knew something would come of me leaving. Um, and again, I think because I really nourished that inner voice, I didn't doubt that something was gonna, that I wouldn't be okay. Yeah. And that's a huge piece. I think for everybody is understanding that we are always so divinely held and cared for. And when we decide to say yes to our soul and really, you know, kind of tune into those frequencies of what would bring me joy, where can I serve? What's going to light me up and start to follow that energy versus the energy of the past and our fears. And what we know to be true from that, you know, that old vantage point, then we open up not just one doorway of possibility, but many doorways of possibility, because what's so fascinating about, you know, me watching you from the sidelines is like all the different doors that have opened for you, all the different things just in this year alone that you've done, like you, I, I, you know, every year, you and I talk about like our, what we want to accomplish for the year, you know, ahead and all these things. And this has been a really banner year for you. I mean, you were on a freaking TEDx stage. So, I mean, how did you get to there? You know, tell me a little bit of, you know, going, cause it obviously you had to start somewhere when you first yeah. got out of, you know, the forensics and how, how did you get to where you're at now? Yeah. So, um, now right before I quit, uh, we work is right down the street from where I was working and we work is that big co-working space. And a dear friend of mine, Cam Adair, he's the founder of Game Quitters, the largest um, organization for video game addiction for community support. And I saw a post and he was at WeWork down the street and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go see Cam. And I'd never, I only met him at one event prior to that, but I was starting to, to get to know and put myself in that environment of entrepreneurship. And so I went to go visit him and he's like, so what's your deal? Like, what are you doing? And, and I told him, I go, I just feel like I'm ready to like 
you know, do something different. And he's like, well, I'll be waiting here for you when you're, you're and, and he would message me and be like, so have you quit yet? You know, and it was kind of a joke. And, but I remember when I was on that plane ride back, it, it couldn't have been more um, like permanent in my body that I was done. And I never looked back after that. I never had, of course, you'll have feelings of transition and like, you know, like the uncertainties and stuff, but I was so excited too, that it kind of like, but I remember when I quit and then I, I joined WeWork to get a desk there just so I could surround myself through it with that environment of entrepreneurs and people who were like, you know, doing what everything they could to like have a business, a purpose-driven business of their passion and love. So that was something that really helped me because I was used to structure like Monday through Friday, I went to work and like had set hours. So when you become an entrepreneur from that of 20 years, it's a huge shift and change. And I needed to like have some structure. So I would go there and I would work and um, just get to know people. And, um, and that's kind of where things started. I met a coach, I hired a coach. Um, She helped me create my first program. Um, and then I kind of took a pause on things because my sister and father got very ill. And then that transpired into me kind of taking a different direction in my work. Um, and then, but I've always been a speaker. I was a speaker in forensics for seven years and um, I love speaking. And I started supporting Cam with his speaking stuff and I kind of gravitated towards um, the speaking realm. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I still support speakers on different platforms and, um, it's been, you know, it's, it's evolved over time. Um, I, I believe last year was really when I, I felt like I found my why and what I'm meant to do on this, on this, in this lifetime. So. And what do you think the why is? Huh? What do you feel like that, that, that is right now? I feel I I feel it's to to empower others to consciously advocate through their stories and music so that they can heal, inspire, and unite the human collective. Because I've been a advocate my pretty much my whole life. Before forensics, I was a paramedic, and I advocated for people and their health with emergencies. And then I went to forensics, and I advocated for the truth. You know, we are analyzing evidence for to help you know, find the truth of these crimes that have horrific crimes that have been committed. And then now, you know, through my brain tumor experience through, you know, my sister being sick and advocating for friends, you know, advocacy has always been a huge part of me and how can I create a purpose-driven business with my passions too, which is music and storytelling. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm just listening to you and I'm kind of blown away because if you look backwards, you know, when we're moving forwards in life, like you were saying earlier, like you only see that maybe like one step ahead and you have to have faith and trust in the future that's coming. But when we look backwards and we start to see all these divine synchronistic people and events that were placed in our life, that one person led to the next person or this one event led to the next thing. I see that like, you know, cause I've been on this journey with you and I see so clearly how you've been so supported to evolve into where you are today. Like you just like the speaking and just like all the people you've been connected with. I don't know if you feel that way, but it just feels like, wow. Like when you start to tune into your why, and of course our why and our purpose evolves over time, Yeah, but it, it feels like 
it keeps growing and the people that need to assist you to get to there when you're saying, you know, and it's basically just like saying yes to your, your soul, like really claiming, like, I want to do this. I'm going to quit forensics. I'm going to go into this. I, oh, I love speaking. So I'm going to keep saying yes to these things. And now you're coaching people and helping people, you know, get on TEDx stages and you're doing all the music stuff and advocating and what a, what an incredible story, like of being, a, it's like, but you're, it's like a war to me, advocating is like being a warrior, like a modern day warrior to, to support people. And you, you are a modern day warrior because I don't, I hope you're okay with me sharing this, but Rochelle lost her sister to cancer. She's lost her father while she was building her business, while she's a single mother doing all these things, you know, she, she lost people that she loves. So when she says she's an advocate and that she's, I mean, this is like a really personal mission for your soul of like bringing, because your story is so powerful and then you're helping other people see them, see the beauty in their stories. Right. And I think that's like a big piece of like why you have, Rochelle and I've had some moments where we're like, why is this happening? Like, why are these things going on? Like, we're like, and you know, for, I want to cuss, but I say bad words right now, but I'm trying to be PC, but it's like, why the F is this happening? You know? And in that, like now we're sitting here and I feel like we, you know, you can look back at all that and go the, all those things helped me create, you know, as part of the story of my life, that's gotten me to hear, you know, where I'm at. And for a lot of you that are stuck in like, why is this happening? Just remembering that it's all of this, that it's happening. It's part of your story. And it's going to be the medicine that you deliver to other people. It's going to be what you help with. And Rochelle, like, tell me, tell that I love, okay. So I love Rochelle's music. So Rochelle, tell me about how you kind of took the advocating to the next level with music. Cause this is so unique, you guys. And so different. And this, this just speaks volumes to like, if you have a dream, like follow it, follow it. Cause there's always a way that you can use it. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So music, I've always loved music. I was a little kid in the choir at church, ringing bells and high school, I was in the vocal ensemble group. And, and after high school, a, a dear friend of mine who went to high school with me, he taught guitar. And after high school, I took some guitar with him. And then it kind of like faded off. And I, I lost track of where he was and didn't see him for like 10 to 15 years. And then fast forward after I got divorced, um, I started taking, I found him and I started taking lessons again. He had a studio like five minutes from my house and we started, um, I started taking guitar and uh, he kept asking me to write music. He's like, you should write music. And I, and I would laugh and I'd be like, I don't fucking know how to write music. Like, mm-hmm. and, and he would ask me and keep asking me. And finally I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll try. And, and I wrote music and I wrote a song and we, um, we've written several songs since. And after my sister passed away from colon cancer, the day after she passed away, I wrote a song about my interpretation of her cancer journey. And it was, you know, cathartic for me. It was healing. It was a way for me to get, express my emotions and, Um, We sang it at her, Mark and I played it and sang it at her celebration of life. And then we published the song to raise some money for a colon cancer group in San Diego in honor of my sister. 
And then about a year ago during the pandemic, I remember I was sitting at my desk and I was like, okay, God, what am I, what's the next plan? You know, like, what am I really truly supposed to do in this lifetime? And instantly, and this is the power of your intuition and massaging the fuck out of that muscle because you will get, you will get all your answers. You will get guidance direction. You will get the signs, the divine synchronicities that happen with who you meet and when, and you know, it, it truly is when you, when you start doing it and you see it, how incredible it is and magical it is. And instantly it was stories through music. And I didn't know what that meant, <clears throat> but I looked up the domain and I bought it. And it was like, I know this will come together sooner or later. And then I decided I wanted to do more to bring awareness to colon cancer. And so I took that song, I created a lyric video. I put a bunch of my sister's pictures in it. I kind of shared her story um, about her journey and the song. And then I put in there colon cancer statistics and facts because I wanted people to connect to her, her journey of cancer. She passed away and the statistics of how preventable, treatable it is when it's found early. And a lot of people skip their colonoscopies. There's something around colonoscopies that people are just like, don't want to do it. Yeah. And um, I created a pitch for myself. I emailed a bunch of colon cancer groups and foundations and organizations. And my cold email, I would get responses like that moved me to tears. Mm. And, and the feedback I got was so amazing. And now I'm a ambassador for the colon cancer foundation. I'm a spokesperson for the colorectal cancer Alliance, and I'm in their never too young program, which is like people who've gotten colon cancer at a young age. And then, um, that was when I decided to take my, um, what came to fruition to the TEDx stage. So, you know, TEDx is all about idea worth spreading. What idea do you have that you can get people to take action, to feel, think, you know, a different way or have a different perspective on something. And my idea is to advocate your story in a customized, well, take your story, put it into a customized song and then advocate for a cause. So that's what I, I'm kind of shifting into right now. I have some beta clients um, that I'm testing my model through and there's so much power in music. And I talked oh. about this, in my TEDx, mm -hmm. you know, there's times where a song can come on and you just cry, you know, you don't even know why it stimulates something inside our soul that like connects us to, you know, an experience or something. And, um, it can be very powerful. So advocating is powerful too. And I want to help people like consciously advocate, not yell and scream, you know, be angry, right. but really consciously advocate for something, combining that with music that can, you know, really penetrate people's core to like, not only, you know, feel and see your message and your why, why you're doing it, but also to inspire and, you know, help heal others and bring people together. Cause it's very divisive times right now. Mm. And I feel like we need more things to help unite versus, you know, to unite the collective. For sure. There's, it is, it's crazy times and it's so easy, you know, when we're in that energy of wanting to, I really believe in having a voice in the conversation, but there's a way to have a voice in the conversation of what's happening in the collective 
And sometimes, I, you know, I, I ask myself, like, is this helping or is this creating more divisiveness? You know, when I, when I get kind of stuck on some idea that it has to be a certain way. So yeah. when we come up with things like what you're doing, where you're sharing through music, through something that's beautiful, you know, it's, it's, it's like a higher frequency, you know, it's, it's offering like a higher frequency thing. And I don't know what it is with music, but I have such an interesting relationship with it because at one of the most pivotal times in my life, like last year in 2020, I, <laughs> this is such a silly story, but I have to tell you, cause this is how much music means to me. I had a song playing in my head and it was an eight, do you remember Asa Besa from the eighties? Yeah. yeah. Asa Besa or whatever it's called. And it was that song. I saw the sign. Yeah. And I literally was like, why is this playing in my head? And then, you know, I went, I Googled the lyrics and I saw that I read them and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Little did I know it was my future self giving me a message that I was going to be going through what the song talks about, that I was going to see the sign. I was going to be moving on and all these kind of things. And I really feel like music has this powerful way to meet us multidimensionally. Like you were saying, you know, oh, yeah. it's like, I can hear a song from the eighties and I'm taken right back to my childhood. Like I can remember how I felt, where I was, everything that was happening. And I also believe that spirit uses music to soothe our souls and speak to us and to give us signs and things of, of what's to come and stuff. So I just, I love that you took your passion and your why, and you created something and you're just just like you moved out of forensics and have done all these things and do all the TEDx stuff. Imagine, you know, where you're going to be in a couple of years, three years with this whole process, which yeah. is so incredible. And it's I, what I love the most about what you're sharing, Michelle, is this has all been built on trust. You know, yeah. there's no guarantees in life that when we go strike out on our own and like leave the corporate job behind, I've done that myself too. I did that. And I, you know, started my business in 2013 and, you know, went full time with it and all that kind of stuff. And there's, there is no guarantee, but it, the, the one thing that you can bet on is, is having faith be the frequency that you'll use to create your future and understanding that when you're basing your soul, why on frequency and energy that lights you up and expands, like you literally are connecting to the quantum field in such a way that all the possibilities that will align with the things that you want to do will start to show up in your reality. And that's what happened to you. That's what happened to you. Um, I'm really curious from, you know, cause I love feminine leadership. I really love that. And because I know you so well, um, I know that you have, you know, I talk a lot about dark, owning our dark, divinely accepting and radically knowing ourselves, our shadows, our beauty, all the things, right? And I don't know if I am allowed to say this one piece, but I feel like at all the time I've known you on a soul level, one of the things that has set you free, because Rochelle has assisted and been with me on a lot of my retreats. She's come with me and she's been like, she basically helps me facilitate. And I remember one time you, we did this forgiveness process mm -hmm. and I remember, you know, without going into the details, but I just remember like all the dark that you were dealing with at that time in your life and how those stories and those things of all the things that weren't going right in your life were kind of surrounding you at times. 
you know, it was like, it was, it was part of like, you know, and I remember, I remember the, I don't know about you. I don't know if you see it this way, but I remember the moment that you liberated yourself by just through forgiveness. Yeah. I feel like things like really opened up and changed for you. Do you know what I'm talking about that moment? Yeah. 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 I um, have learned through, and I'm going to say the hard way. I don't like using the word hard, but it was because I was so resistant to surrendering to certain things. Mm -hmm. I'm a strong person. I'm like, you know, and, and forgiveness, I think we've been conditioned to, to believe that forgiveness is a weakness when you want to forgive somebody, especially if somebody's done you wrong yeah. and, and, or has done something to really hurt you. And, you know, I see now how empowering it is. It's like such a powerful thing to do, especially with somebody who's done something that you feel like is almost unforgivable, like, and to really, um, fully surrender to that and like fully give them, you know, give them forgiveness. And, and that was, yeah, that was a huge, like, I mean, the minute I did it, I remember, you know, leaving your event and then it happened right after with this person and just feeling like a million loads just came off me. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that with other things, like what all the things that were holding onto us that are just keeping us down. And then like, the more you just like start plucking away all these things that are all the layers that like of the heaviness, then you just like feel so much lighter and you see like, there's so much more that you're open to receive because you've, you're, you're not in your way anymore. Yeah. Because when we're held in an energy pattern with another person, let's just say, I guess, yeah, right. I I've had to work this process in my personal life too, <laughs> as you know, Rochelle. And, um, but what it does is it anchors us to the past when we're stuck in the story of how this person wronged us, or they fucked us over or the things that they did. And it really keeps us in the realm of victimhood and, you know, the need to be right. And yeah. not to receive the grace and the medicine of the past and the story, right? And you're all about the story. And so I feel like things like radically opened up for you. Like you said, like you had more space because, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you moved to that energy that was being occupied by the grievance. You move it out. And then all of a sudden you can receive your future. You can receive the things that you desire you know, and it's, it's, I don't think people understand, you know, they wonder why they're limited or blocked sometimes. And it's literally because they're taking up residence in the past. Yeah. It's like, I think of it like a cell phone where you have like your, your, your photos that are going on your cell phone and taking up all this storage. It's like your experiences with whatever you have. And it gets to a point where it's so maxed out that something's going to happen. You're either going to have something happen to you physically, or you're going to have some sort of trans, you know, awakening of some sort. And you have to clear out all that data to create, you know, space for what you really truly want to receive. So, so I, you know, I look at all my experiences now and that's been, you know, some have been, you know, them, they've been really horrific, some of them. And, um, it's just, I look at them all as now such teaching opportunities for me. So, you know, instead of what, why is this happening to me? It's like, you know, 
you know, really like what's the lesson here? So I try to look everything now from that perspective of when I get triggered and the shit hits the fan, like what is this teaching me? And, and it's really about being present, like being yeah. in the now because, you know, we get so caught up in our head. We're thinking, you know, in the past or too much in the future. And it's like really presence has probably been along with meditating the two things that are like, can really unlock the potential for you, like in ways you can't even imagine. Yeah. I love that. You're right. I mean, as it's funny because as much as I am a, a futurist, <laughs> which I just love, I'm always future, you know me, I'm always yeah. futuring and I teach it and all the things I always remember, like, you know, I have to stay in the present moment. I have to stay here. I have to be grateful in the now for the things that are occurring. Yes. I want some other things to, you know, happen in my future, but if I'm not in gratitude in the present moment, then I'm going to be in scarcity or lack in some way, you know, cause it's like, I'm wanting something that's not even here. And it's like, what am I telling the universe? And so you're so right. So, you know, as a leader, I really see you as somebody that has really practiced alchemizing the past through forgiveness, through acceptance. And what you were saying, you know, you have had some horrific things happen, truly. And you're one of the most magnetic people I know and real and authentic because you show up in all of you. And I think that's part of being a leader is like really the wholeness of a person. Like there is, you know, I think people sometimes want to like keep it all happy, go lucky, but that's not how life is all the time. You know, we, 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 as we get to a certain point in our life, we, we develop resiliency. Mm -hmm. And what I love about you is that you keep choosing over and over again, every single day, sometimes moment to moment to keep showing up and to keep choosing what's beautiful and keep loving yourself. And I think that is what a leader is all about. And that's why you're so amazing at helping draw out people's stories, you know, because you are able to see your own story you know, and understand the beauty and what it's teaching you and what it's giving to others. Is there anything else that you would add about what makes divine feminine leadership so important for you? Um, hmm. I would say, you know, as far as speaking, um, when you, when you start to step into like the speaking realm of sharing, whether it's a conference event or a TEDx or whatever, I think that it really creates that momentum for you to use your voice more. Mm. So there's people that have been hesitant to do a TEDx because they've never spoken before in their entire life, but they have this burning desire to share something that changed their life that they want to help others and so you know to see somebody who has never been on a stage before do a TEDx is like you know to me like being able to speak and use your voice will over time like craft kind of like your message too yeah um, and and it's you know, it's empowering and it makes an impact on people. So I love, you know, working with clients that create human impact. That's, that's who I want to work with. I love and that. so, you know, divine, you know, divine leadership to me is 
is your voice. I mean, it's a lot of it to me is using your voice. And I like doing it through song and music and also like speaking, but it also could be just with a stranger that you interact with, you know? And um, so it could be anyway, but like, yeah, I think your voice to me and, and people I think right now are hesitant to share certain things because things are so divisive. Um, But when you do use your, when you do decide that it's time for you to start speaking up, like things will change for you your whole life, I think. Yeah. Cause you're really staking claim yeah. to who you are and, and what you want to show. And it is, it's, it's being of service and it's, it's your voice matters. It's showing up. And I think for so many women that have experienced trauma, actually, one of the things that happens is you, it really affects your throat chakra. That's why women, so many women have issues with thyroid and all these things because they haven't spoken their truth. And so I, I love that message that you have because it feels so pertinent in these times and not just using your voice from, I'm going to go, you know, kind of barf on everybody with my energy of like stuff, but like really mindfully showing up and using your voice to create ripples in the collective you know, in a way that can help, like you said, humanity. So yeah. I love that. I love that. And Rochelle, how can people, you know, cause you know, if, if somebody's listening to this, I'm like, I want to get on a TEDx stage and I want to do this, you know, Rochelle helps people with that. And also, you know, creating their story of, and finding their why that they can use and also all your advocating through music. So what's the easiest way people can connect with you? Uh, They can go to my website, www.rachelle, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E, babbler.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Um, My website, you can contact me through the contact form. And um, you can see my programs on there too. And um, yeah, that's where you can reach me. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on and getting to spend this time with me. I love you. And I appreciate you, you know, taking that leap of faith that you took so many years ago to one, to work with me, then, you know, as we've grown as soul sisters, and then most importantly, to say yes to your soul and to follow your intuition, because you are making such a difference in this world. And it's so important. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate it. And all your support over the years. Like I would not be where I'm at without a lot of your help. So I appreciate you and love you. Love you. Thank you, darling. Thank you for joining me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, share the love and stay luminous and brave. Until next time, this is Donnell with Soften Podcasts.